Hi, I would like to take this opportunity to thank everybody for joining me. In case you're not familiar with me, my name is Dee, and this is my podcast, Let Me Clear My Throat. Today's topic is called, Let's Not Talk About COVID, Shall We? Today, I would like to discuss a topic that is what I feel a huge, huge controversy that has affected not only us as human beings, but us as Americans as well. I was trying to find the perfect title to name this because in all fairness, I'm sure it's a topic that many, maybe still to this day, have concerns about and may even be covering their mouths over. However, we are not going to talk about COVID. Um, sadly, sometimes that is usually what it's about. Um, what kind of name and title can you pick out that gets the attention of somebody? What can you possibly name it? You can. It's kind of like clickbait, if you will. Let me name it this, but yet it's going to be about this. So I'm going to tell you straight up um, and totally be honest and straightforward because like I said, I don't like to patronize anybody, nor do I like to be patronized. Um, but um, let's not talk about COVID. But in my disclaimer that I'm going to read, because I always try to read a disclaimer at the beginning of every podcast. So sometimes in the beginning it might sound a little redundant, if you will. Um, but I like to put things uh, up front and kind of state, um, as a matter of factly, how it is. Um, because I know that there are people out there that um, are trolls, if you will, um, and like to be negative and nitpick every little single dot and T crossed. I dotted, T crossed, and explanation point. And if you accidentally misspell a word, they're there with their red little pen to mark it up. So I try to do a disclaimer at the beginning of every podcast that I do. <clears throat> um, this one here is going to be a little bit different, obviously, because this is um, actually when I, I usually write these out. I, I get an ideal and I get inspired by it or I get a concern about it or I have a question. And so sometimes I do a lot of this off the top of my head of knowledge that I know or have experienced. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I do like to check my facts um, on things just to verify that, um, you know, maybe a specific name of something or a specific site or a spe specific date. Um, so I do like to make sure that I have my facts straight. If I do make a mistake, please, by all means, feel free to let me know. But please do so in a nicely manner because um, there's a right way and a wrong way to give corrected um, critici criticism. Anyway, that being said, this topic is going to be a little bit different, but I'm going to talk about some stuff that I actually started to write about uh, COVID and some things and some feelings that I have about that. But in doing so, after I wrote my disclaimer page, I actually ended up twisting it into a different direction. Um, Honestly, I don't know why we all have to have themes on specific things in our life, why it can't be scattered, but I guess we're scattered enough in our own minds and our own worlds that sometimes it is nice to have a specific area to concentrate on, even if we can troubleshoot it and concentrate it on one subject at a time. Um, maybe then we can actually try to have some sort of filing system in our minds, um, if that makes any sense. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Now, I understand, obviously, that this is a very deep and emotional topic, um, or it might end up being by the end of this podcast. And I, by no means, am trying to downplay or play with any of the trauma or any experiences or PTSD or lasting effects or even loss or heartaches that have ever been associated with you or those that you love or have come across. <clears throat> I give my wholehearted 
and sincere condolences to every one of you because you have suffered a personal effect of some sort, whether to yourself, a family member, or a friend that you have lost due to a, an event of any means. And I hope that you never feel um, victimized by me or take anything that I say personally um, as a stab at you, if you will, on your personal grief or your feelings or that I am trying to purposely stir up anything that you are maybe still even trying to cope with today. I pray that I um, am able to express myself um, and come over uh, as informative, but also um, productive and beneficial to your well-being as well as my mom, as my own. And and unfortunately, have a lot of much needed attention in this world that needs to have some questions that need to be talked about that unfortunately may not even ever have truthful answers that may have crossed many of our minds and because we always get that finger pointed at us um, or whatever the shame of even being able to think that you can think with your own mind uh, we neglect or reject or uh, retract our emotions, our feelings, and our words. Um, I would also like to go on to say that my reasons for even creating this site is to touch base on things that you or others may feel, you may want to say, wish they would say, could say, or maybe even say more often. I do fully understand that my own thoughts, my words, and even the way I research my topics and my ethics don't always meet the approval of others and can be taken in many ways and may not meet what maybe you're currently even wanting to even listen to and I respect that and um, however I would like to expect my express excuse me my deepest respect um, for your God-given First Amendment right and I would also hope that you will do the same for me <clears throat> I am not trying to offend or compromise anybody, nor am I willing to, nor am I not willing, excuse me, let me fix that one. Am I not willing, because I am very willing, to correct myself when I am knowingly in the wrong. I have been through a lot of experiences and trauma in my lifetime, and some I'm sure cannot even fathomly even be a smidge of comparison to what some of you may have been through and especially during this time in life that we are all at um, it is sometimes even harder to even have those moments as I am still getting over the loss of my dad um, who luckily I was I guess luckily I should say I was homesick um, that day with COVID and have to give my dad CPR um, and um, he had a heart attack and uh, I had to give him CPR and I was blessed enough to be there for my mom who is blind and disabled um, who would have otherwise have been there home alone with him um, I do empathize with others and I understand that there are not always um, sides that are equal and understandable there are multiple sides to every story and multiple things can trigger people at different times on even the smallest things that other people might not even relate to or understand or even realize that they have unintentionally done um i have not 
been the type of person that has ever went out of my way nor will I ever be that type of person to go out of my way to ever personally hurt somebody or bring additional pain to somebody if I knowingly know that that's what's going on. Um, I speak on topics that I am passionate about, that I feel need to be more passionate about. My thoughts, questions I have, my own questions I have, concerns, <clears throat> um, a lack of understanding on things. These all play important roles on why I do what I do and why I am even speaking um, verbally right now to you. I'm very passionate and a caring person and I take things very seriously when it comes to the well-being of others. I take you very seriously. I'm learning to take myself very seriously, if truth be told. Um, I take our nation very seriously. Uh, there's no question in my mind where I stand with my God. And everything else in between is very important. I am not here to patronize anybody, nor am I to state that I am an opinionated person, although it may come across that way to some, but I am willing to listen and I try to understand, and everybody has a story and everybody's story deserves to be told, but it also deserves to be heard, because there's a difference on telling it and people actually hearing it and people actually also listening. I respect your experiences, your opinions, your feelings and your well-being, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I do not, nor will I ever, and I will say it again, go out of my way to personally hurt you or anybody else. <clears throat> now let's, let's talk. Or I'll talk and you can listen and you can talk out loud if you want to. My personalities like to have meetings sometimes without me. And they get very loud sometimes going on in there. And I have to tell them to be quiet and go to bed. But, you know, then they argue in my head and it goes on and on. And I don't know if you all have that same um, mentality. It's called your subconscious. <laughs> um, well, actually, it, it might be your personalities. Because, we, like I said before, we all have multiple personalities. I strongly believe that. I know that. Um, because... I mean, tell me which one you want and I'll whip it out. <laughs> anyway, back on track here. Um, so we're not going to talk about COVID today. Um, but I'm going to try to take us back to some points in times that maybe some of you may not ever experienced, may heard of, or maybe like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Anyway, um, as a child... Um, I can think back that far in the day, um, but after the era of when our parents walked uphill in 10 feet of snow to get to school, there was a time that the weather was really the weather, people were really people, and stores were actually closed on Sundays. Gas was less than a dollar. We were able to buy cigarettes for our parents, and actually truthfully buy cigarettes for our parents. We had to stay outside. But be home when the lights were on. But daggone it, you better hear when your parents hollered for you. We made mud pies in the actual mud, maybe sitting in the ditch. <clears throat> Sprayed off and drank from the garden hose. Or maybe straight from the spigot if we didn't have a hose. The fire department opened the hydrants for us to play in. Maybe to release pressure or maybe just because we were kids playing in the water. And they were just, you know being great people and letting us play in the water because that's just who they are. Amazing people firemen are and women. Our hair uh, was big and the bigger the better and the bigger the more Aquanet was needed. And of course, let's not forget the hair dryer to help scrunch it back. Gotta have to scrunch it up there on the sides and push it out. 
the skating rink was actually a real place. And I was actually going there when I was said I was going. Basically, I lived there. My sister actually was the DJ there. <clears throat> I knew the owners very well. I didn't put uh, I didn't put anybody in the trunk of my car though to get into the drive-in, mainly because at that time I wasn't even old enough to drive, but my sister did. <laughs> uh, we cruised the, the strip and watched cars, watched people. We had family reunions with family that we never even saw at any of the holidays. We went camping in an actual tent and baited our own hooks on our fishing poles. Once or twice, maybe. Actually, probably more than once or twice. <laughs> but for argument's sake, we'll just say once or twice to make me look like I knew what I was doing. Um, <laughs> oh, getting it snagged in a tree. Or maybe, maybe, I don't know. My sister might have been standing too close to me and it got snagged on her. Um... We went to caves and we listened to the person with the lantern telling us something. I don't remember really what they said because I was too busy being myself and not paying attention to uh, what the adult was even saying. <laughs> I was fascinated though by the beauty of the caverns. Um, just breathtaking. We saved our pendants, um, our cloth pendants, that when we would go places like Spring Mill or Ferdinand or, you know, other um, campsites, um, we would get those and we would hang them on our wall. But, of course, I did not put it over my Sean Cassidy poster. I had a Sean Cassidy poster and I just thought he was just the bomb diggity. <laughs> um, and then I hated my older sister uh, because she was being mean to me and she ripped it. She was being a brat. <clears throat> anyway, we celebrated the holidays as a real family and family oriented. Always going to grandma and grandpa's house. My mother actually owns and lives in my grandparents' house today. So I actually, um, I'm still actually in the house that built me and built my family um and i will continue to stay here because um when the day comes that god calls my mom home whenever that may be and i'm not in any hurry i will continue to stay here and carry on the legacy of my uh, grandparents house and my parents house and continue to put it down the uh, the chain of of the family um we always got our face cheeks squeezed and all that hugging, you know, that gross stuff. My sister and I used to rap to Roxanne, Roxanne. And we would stand on my grandparents' fireplace. My grandfather was a boilermaker and he built a fireplace. He was a very, very talented man. And he built this fireplace, a wood, uh, a wood burner, but he used an old boiler um, as the insert. And we would stand up there, and my sister and I, my older sister and I is like a, a year and ten months older um, than I am. And we would sit up there, and we would rap Roxanne, Roxanne. And my grandmother just thought we were just it. <laughs> and she would brag about us to her fam, her friends. And she'd be like, oh, listen to my, my granddaughters, listen to this. And my, my, sister and I would, my sister and I would get up there, and we just went to town on Roxanne, Roxanne. I couldn't tell you today what the words were, but we did then. Um, <clears throat> we had played board games, um, trying to figure out if Colonel Mustard did something in the conservatory with the candlestick or if it was in the library. Uh, we would play Parcheesi, the Bop It Socket, the little fighting, punching dudes. Um, we would watch the Flintstones. I actually had a Flintstone car. 
um, and it got a hole in the side of it. Um, it was plastic, but it was a heavy duty plastic. It was when things were made right. Um, and, uh, I just used it as a, as a gas tank. <laughs> and my sister had a little blue car. I don't remember what kind of, it was like a classic car, if you will. And the radio actually worked in it. Um, hers had pedals, but mine were operated by my feet. <clears throat> anyway, um, we would watch Tom and Jerry, Mighty Mouse, the Smurfs, the Brady Bunch, Happy Days, the Facts of Life, you know, with Tootie, Mrs. Garrett, Blair, Natalie, and of course that Rebel Joe. We watched Inspector Gadget, The Littles, Roadrunner, Tweety and Sylvester, American Bandstand with Dick Clark, who never seemed to age. God rest his soul. Uh, we watched Soul Train. Uh, my dad was all... <laughs> I used to laugh at him. He'd get up and be ready for work. And uh, I'd walk in. The TV was muted. Muted. But he was watching um, Soul Train or actually Jane Fonda when she was working out. <clears throat> and I would walk in and I'm like, why don't you ever have the volume up? <laughs> and he's like, i just just watching these people just acting a fool <laughs> dancing and um yeah um there was elaine powers <clears throat> the super twins i used to play that all the time when i was a kid i'd get a deck of cards with a rubber band and i'd put them on my across my wrist and i would act like i was one of the wonder twins and i would activate into something and you know form you know shape of whatever <clears throat> and my sister my older sister and i we used to <clears throat> play silly stuff like that um we watched Laverne and Shirley, and of course, sometimes we would get the back of our mother's hand, uh, a switch, a paddle, a belt, and even that look. Y'all remember that look, don't you? That look. My blind mother to this day still gives me that look. She doesn't know where I'm at, but don't think she can't give me that look. <laughs> we respected our elderlies. We respected our parents, and we respected each other. We respected our teachers our police officers, and we showed up in church on Sundays and Wednesdays. We attended Bible study, but not just because my mom was a Bible school teacher. We believed uh, in that level of God, and we, and we shared it as a family with one another. <clears throat> we sat down at the table to eat together. We had our chores. We alternated washing, drying, and even putting the dishes away. We peeled potatoes like we had kitchen duty, which always really seemed to always be me, I think. Um, yeah, I definitely know how to peel a potato. I don't know really how I'm supposed to take that because in the military, when you get in trouble, you have to do potato duty or something. But I wasn't in trouble. That was my sister. I don't know really how that worked out. They said I peeled a really good potato, but I guess it's because I always had peeled potatoes. I don't know. Anyway, I sat on my dad's lap. Drinking a Miller Lite, watching the game with him. I mean, <clears throat> he drank, and I just sat there and watched the game with him. Um, and um, he would put salt in his beer. Yeah, uh, I don't do that. I mean, I, I never did that. No, 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 no. No, never. Nope, not me. Must have been the dog, and not Spud McKenzie. <clears throat> Am I telling my age yet? Maybe some of you are laughing. And saying, yep, yep, oh, hell yeah. Well, maybe you'd be thinking, um, this is boring. Why did I download this again? Who is this woman? Uh, I need to Google. What does the phrase, welcome back, Mr. Kata, 
even mean. I said that one time to uh, a waiter. My daughter and I went to, um, I think it was Outback Steakhouse in Greenwood, Indiana. And um, we were sitting there, and I always say that because he came back. I was like, welcome back, Mr. Kata. And he looked at me and giggled. I'm like, you have no idea who I'm talking about. He goes, yeah, yeah, I do. And my daughter already, already knew because I've already told her the story a zillion times. She, you know, she's been around me enough. She knew. But anyway, I knew he didn't know. <laughs> and I looked at him and said, you don't need to lie to me, dude. I know you're going to go back in the back and Google it. <laughs> so I explained to him what it was. <clears throat> but anyway, um, how about the show, show, the show, well, the cartoon rather, that seemed to be so far away and out there from all the other ones? You know, like the Jetsons. Not to be confused, of course, with the show The Jeffersons. Two different different types of shows all the way around, but yet they weren't. The Jetsons were an outer space family that had a dog, and um, which was far fetched, <laughs> no pun intended, into the future. <clears throat> but yet today's age, it's actually kind of could be a reality closer than what we may even realize. The Jeffersons, though, are a throwback in time but yet show the um, growth and the evolution of life, if you will, on how far we have come in life, and yet we still try to always keep going backwards when we forget that some things backwards are in the past because they are in the past. And sometimes evolution is a progress, and it's a progress for a reason. But if we keep going backwards and taking away our progress, then we're not going to make any further progresses in the world, if that all makes sense. <clears throat> anyway, the Jeffersons were about an American black family. They consisted of George and Wheezy. Little short Sherman, um, oh, I can't, um, was it Williams or Sherman? Sure, I'm going to end up getting his last name. I had it written down and I don't have it in front of me. But anyways, Sherman was his first name, I believe. Anyway, his, sta his stage name was George and he was married to Wheezy. And he's probably actually about my height, <laughs> um, in all honesty. And he, they had an African-American woman that was their housemaid. So they were a, a black husband and wife with a black housemaid. And they had, um, they lived in a high-rise penthouse. They had a set of friends. Um, that was One was a black woman named Helen. And she was married to a white man named Tom Willis. And not Willis from Different Strokes. Arnold didn't play in the show or the person who played Dana Plato. Um, anyway, they had a daughter named Jenny. And not the Jenny from Forrest Gump that in real life used to be married to Sean Penn and played one time on Bold and the Beautiful. Um, if you all remember that, um, uh, that era. Um, soap operas. Anyway, Jenny, who uh, was considered mixed because she was Helen and Tom's daughter, she was a biracial, and she married the Jefferson's son, Lionel. So there was an uh, integrated family there. And they moved into this high-rise penthouse, and they were considered, considered, I guess in today's word, not rich, but bougie. Um, this error aired basically in between 1975 to 1985 in a time frame that I remember being in school that actually started busing and integrating and intertwining our school systems between different races and cultures. <laughs> when I was in third grade at Clinton Young Elementary School here in Indiana, Mrs. Tucker, 
Uh, she was my teacher's name. We had two African-American black people uh, that was in my class. One was a girl and one was a boy. And uh, unfortunately, I do not remember their names. I can picture their, their faces in my head, but I do not remember their names. <clears throat> um, I went to township um, schools in the beginning of my life. I went to Clinton Young until I was about in the fourth grade, <clears throat> I believe. No, I was in the third grade. I transferred when I was in the fourth grade. Um, we moved um, outside from the south side of Indianapolis to the country, and we transferred. Um, I was actually going into the fourth grade. <clears throat> we moved into a trailer court up the road from my grandparents' house, which is still there today. Um, it was called Shady Acres then. Now I believe it's called um, uh, Creekside or something else. Anyway, we would walk 15 minutes to this uh, from this trailer court in the heat, which back then heat was actually heat. Um, past the farm tractor, tractors to go to my grandparents' house. And they had an in-ground pool that we would go swimming in. <clears throat> so we went to this country school in my 4th, 5th, and 6th grade year. The school I was going to was Triton. Um, and Triton was building a middle school at the time. They have their elementary, their middle school, and their high school all next door to each other. One after another. And they actually bust us. I say bust, but it really out here I guess it would be bust. Because out here uh, a block is sometimes acres <laughs> but anyway um they sent us to an old uh triton west i believe it was it was an old school back in the day i say back in the day probably back when my mom went to school <laughs> um anyway they sent us there temporarily while they were building the middle school because the middle school didn't exist uh really then um they had actually the elementary and the middle school were the same so they were building the middle school um to actually separate the elementary and the middle school because you know military kids are at that prime um puberty age that really uh need to have their own area you know and that is the age that um is very very much needed their own area anyway we moved into the middle school in my sixth grade year <clears throat> the last three months of my sixth grade year we moved back to the south side of indianapolis and then i was the one that was bust I was bused from the south side of Indianapolis, uh, which was not where numbers started, because some streets uh, started numbers. And when they start going in numbers um, past the downtown area, if you will, that usually starts having numbers. <clears throat> so anyway, um, at least that's the way I believe it is. So we were shipped, shipped. Well, I guess you could think that way because it was seemed like forever when you're a kid. <clears throat> um, so we were bused to like 30th and College. At school 56. Uh, I can tell you, life was a huge culture shock. Um, especially when you're so little and you're taking um, taken to an area that you are so very unfamiliar with. And you're so young and everything is huge. And honestly, if you got lost, you wouldn't even know even where to begin how to even get home. Let alone anybody in the area to even go to. You wouldn't even know what, what to do. <clears throat> My teacher in the sixth grade, <clears throat> excuse me, Mrs. Nelson... And not the same teacher, teacher from the story book, Miss Nelson is Missing. I don't know if anybody ever read that story before. My older sister used to read it to me when I was little. Anyway, she was very different. Um, and looking back, I really don't understand how she got away with doing the things that she did on correcting her class. Because I look back now going, um, that was abuse and very, very wrong. Um, so anyway, when I was a student uh, there, um, if you got into trouble, though, and her class... <clears throat> You were brought to the front of the class and given a cookie. 
Yeah, yummy, you might think, right? Ooh, a cookie. Shoot, I'll get in trouble. Give me a cookie. I'll take me a cookie. I mean, who really doesn't like a cookie? Anyway, her cookies were not the kind that you baked or got in the store. No, in her class, you lined up in the front row. You lined up in a row and you waited your cookie. She would then take your hand, turn it over, hold it out. Have you hold it out? And you're thinking, oh, yummy, I'm going to get me a cookie. Especially if you didn't know when you're new, which I was. Then whack, right across the palm of your hand with the ruler. There's your cookie. Now go sit down. I almost got one once. I didn't, but I almost did. I had to line up and do all that. But then when I got up, you know, we were in the library. We were all watching a movie or something. Junction Function, Electric Company, something. I don't remember. Anyway, a couple other kids were talking and giggling and doing, you know, what kids do. <laughs> and I was just sitting there close to them and minding my own. Because, you know, I didn't know anybody. I was new. I, just, I didn't talk to nobody. And believe it or not, I was a very shy person. I really was. And, um... <clears throat> Anyway, I was close enough, though, to where they were at that I looked guilty. Like, I was in that clique or group, if you want, want, want to say, and not paying attention. So, we were all going to get cookies when we got back to the room. Well, luckily, my hand was spared the cookie jar because I was new there and I was given a warning on how things were handled in her class. I never said anything, though, to my parents or anybody, honestly, and I don't really even know why I didn't. I guess because back then, you didn't question your teacher, and you just, that's just the way things were. And I was young, and I guess unskilled at that level of survival, if you will, that that's just wrong. I don't care if you're cracking an egg over your kid's head, you know, to be playful or whatever. Like there's this new TikTok thing going around. That's just mean. Your kid is sitting there crying and you're laughing. That's mean. Mean, mean, mean. When you purposely hurt a child or anybody for that matter, that's just wrong. And on so many levels. Anyway, <clears throat> so I continued in public school. My junior high school, I was a cheerleader and I raw, raw my life. Um, through countless practices and games. My parents, though, um, they never attended any of my games. They never picked me up um, from after practice or after a game, for that matter. Uh, instead, I would walk 30 minutes from my junior high school, regardless of the time. It didn't matter. Sometimes those games, you know, are at nighttime. Well, actually, they're all mostly at nighttime. <clears throat> Excuse me. I walked through side streets most of the time, cutting through, trying to, you know, because I had my, my specific path. I knew a shortcut or whatever, walking through people's yards and this and the other, because back then things were different. Um, and uh, at nighttime, though, when it was really, really late and I felt uncomfortable because I was alone and I was young. And back then, as a, um, a, a junior high a maturing young female woman, if you will, uh, I was very well endowed. Um, my girls were already in full bloom, and I did not have the body of a twelve normal 12-year-old. <clears throat> well, I say normal. I was in a training brawl at 7. Okay, let's just put it there. So anyway, um, so anyway, I would stay on the main roads, though, as much as possible. And... Um, trying to stay where traffic was at so I was visible and not in dark blind spots. High school, I was also in public school. 
<clears throat> I went to Manual High School. I walked 45 minutes to and from school um, because the Metro bus uh, was most of the school busing at that time instead of just the regular school buses. They used the regular school buses to do the busings for people that were farther away. If you lived local, you rode the Metro. Out here in the country, Metro is not even an option. It, we... Uh, we ordered from McDonald's and got two small meals. My mom and I did one time because, you know, we don't get delivery out here. We, we don't even get pizza delivery. Um, and we ordered from DoorDash. We got two, um, two small meals. They weren't even very big meals. And it cost us almost $40. It was just um, ridiculous. And then they forgot my hot fudge sundae. And I was upset. But anyway, moving on. Because I'll get sidetracked on that. <laughs> so, um, the diversity, though, in the education level was very different. Very, very different. And what I learned in elementary school at Triton when I was there seemed to be what they were learning at the middle school, at the public school, the 56, that I was transferred to. <clears throat> so, a lot of things they were just learning, I had learned years prior to that. And coming back... To from the public school back into the country setting, I obviously was a totally different um, person, although I'm still country because you're more apt to find me outside working in the yard barefooted than anything. <laughs> and people that know me already know, don't even bother asking me where my shoes are because nine chance out of ten, I need to go find them because I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so being exposed to the different uh, virtual, uh, sorry, the different types of outside world um, that I otherwise would have not been able to know or experience or even have the chance to understand. Because um, I guess you just kind of figure all schools are the same and you don't think that the different varieties of people and cultures um, outside of your little bubble or neighborhood are as different as what you are. You know, because you, you just... You're not exposed to that. So you don't think any differently. You know, that's just what you know. And if you don't venture outside your zip code, what do you really know? You know, you just know what's in your zip code. And out in the country, our neighborhood is mostly cows and goats. You know, they had bring your tractor to school day. You know, everybody drove their tractors and their lawnmowers in. Um, but anyway, um, gunfire, though, in the country was normal. Because you would hear somebody say out loud, oh, so-and-so must be out there target practicing, you know, hunt season's in, or maybe they're just out there just, you know, shooting at their little man-made backyard range that they've got going on. But yet in another neighborhood somewhere, somebody hearing gunfire, you're running for cover, you got your home shot up, your car shot up, or it was maybe even actually a target of another person on a mission, or you happen to be in the right place at the wrong time. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, okay, D, where are you going with all of this? Some may be thinking, I know she's got to have somewhere she's going with this because I've listened to her podcast and it all seems to make sense at the end. And sometimes maybe I'm even might even be more confused. Um, but anyway, I promise I am really trying to go somewhere with this. I'm always trying to go everywhere. And sometimes my mind does. But anyway, maybe we're going down memory lane. Maybe I am showing you that my life growing up was just a little bit of an example of what I gave above. And maybe it's not nothing like yours at all. Maybe you might be the same age bracket as I am. I'm 50 years old. 
maybe you're in the same age bracket, but you have no idea on some of the things I named off because you were doing and watching something different. Maybe you're able to demonstrate your diverse areas of your world in a totally different way in your mind. Or maybe you did see and experience the same things in different ways that I did, but have a totally different outcome or outlook on it because it was handled and dealt to you differently. Our worlds can be so close, but yet so different. Even if we live under the same roof, so to speak, our planet, our earth, a roof over our heads that we continue to keep putting holes in. This is where I'm going, but I won't probably stay because I do drift and go places anyway. Um, so anyway, we have our, our world, our home, our, our house, our haven, our safe place is supposed to be our bubble. But layer after delicate layer of our ozone and hemisphere, it is slowly and yet rapidly being eaten away. It's burnt away and taken for granted in so many directions. We to continue to send rocket ships, drones, firework displays, pollution, and miscellaneous straight up, if you will, I apologize for my language, bullshit into the sky that does not do nothing for us but try to show us its beauty shine and give way to everything underneath it that is supposed to be pure and glorious our own oxygen no wonder mother nature gets mad at us and takes takes us and puts us in a timeout from time to time who would blame her some technology tell it excuse me some technology though still tries to manipulate her. Now, I found this website I came across when I was trying to look up one particular um, word and um, because I, I heard of this one particular project that was being led and it actually took me to a different area um, that I was like, oh, okay, this must be the, the name of it. Then I just had the name wrong. Still heavenly, if you will. <clears throat> I was looking up Halo and I end up finding Harp. Which I say harp, but it's H-A-A-R-P. Uh, which is both heavenly, halo and harp, if you will. Um, which is kind of really beautiful. But what I'm about to read to you, um, or read to you, some of you probably are reading this. What I'm going to explain is things that make you go, you know, oh my gosh, you know, heaven help us. Um... But according to this website that I found, it's called wanttoknow.info. W-A-N-T-T-O-K-N as in Nancy, O-W dot info. It's a nonprofit organization, public organization, a small organization that has, had a, that has a large number of volunteers with a huge variety of diverse backgrounds, media activism, social justice, metaphysics, and spirituality, which I say that word, it's very hard to me say, um, very spiritual, um, different levels of, I'm guessing, spiritual beliefs. There is a government weather program controlled by the government, go figure, called HARP, H 
A-A-R-P. Not to be confused with A-A-R-P. <clears throat> Add an H in front of it. <clears throat> well, they, um, well, many may have never even heard of this program. I, I, sadly, um, this is sad that this even exists, but yet, I, I don't know. Anyway, the European Union calls this project a global concern saying more information on its health and environmental risks needs to be a needs to have a resolution. While the government officials say that the project is nothing more than a sinister radio science research facility. So does this mean that we're their lab rats? First, before we all get bent in our seats, um, because anytime you say the government, I'm sure most of us probably rubber rub our eyes and roll our eyes because it makes us cry and also roll our eyes. Um, but before we get there and have steam come out of our ears, let's elaborate a little bit on what it is, what it does, and where in the hell we fall into this. So wanttoknow.info goes on to say that the definition of HARP stands for High Frequency Active Aerial Research Program. It is a little known and critically important U.S. military defense project and has stirred up quite a frenzy and controversy over its alleged weather control capabilities along with much more influences that it can do. <laughs> Although this project attracted a huge amount of negative backlash and publicity, go figure, wonder why that was, the project continued to conspire on other secret projects. If that doesn't have the government written all over it, I don't know what does. Anyway, um, some respected researchers claim that the electromagnetic warfare capabilities and control of this project were designed for the military to achieve a full-spectrum dominance by the year 2020. And owning the weather in 2025. <clears throat> now, what is that supposed to mean? The government's going to own the weather? No wonder Mother Nature gets mad at us. Anyway, they further state that HARP technologies have been and continue to be used for weather control. This control can cause earthquakes, hurricanes, tsunamis, and also disrupt global communication systems. Not to mention the other things that are secretly being conducted and hushed by those that control the wrath of our land and our homes. According to HARP website, though, it's stated, as stated on wanttoknow.info, HARP is a scientific endeavor aimed at researching, studying, and manipulating, if you will, the properties and behavior of the ionosphere. And I'm probably saying that word wrong, and I'm sorry if I am. It's I-O-N-O-S-P-H-E-R-E. -E. So I'm going to call it ionosphere. I honestly don't know, but I'm going to call it ionosphere. Anyway, it emphasizes that it can be used, it can use this technology and enhance communications as well as surveillance systems for both, both civilians and defense purposes. Maybe you're wondering what an ionosphere even is and how is this important to us anyway? <clears throat> because you know the government has a lot of big words to throw around to such little people hoping that they won't understand, and well, since the government, it's the government, then it's okay, right? I mean, sure, why not? It's the government. <laughs> anyway, the ionosphere is the delicate, very delicate, upper layer of the atmosphere that I was talking about and referring to above. It ranges about 30 miles to 600 miles above the Earth's surface. 
How far is 30 miles from you? How much of that layer is gone? And what part of the earth is ate up and gone from the, from the most? What part of the world has the atmosphere ate up the most at? Even though we are all separated as an earth of diverse countries and continents, we're all still in this same flat, round ball. Who invented the equator? Who said this is where the equator has to be? What if the north and the south really don't exist and they're really just there? What if maybe the north, where all the ice is at, is also the south? Because if it's round, do they have a north, east, a south, and west? Because it's round. So, where are... I mean, I have questions. So anyway, so if the layer is gone and ate away, guess what happens? I don't know. Why don't we just turn on the sweeper and suck the life right out, right out of our planet? This is pretty much probably the way it is. A vacuum leak. <laughs> kind of like on an airplane. They're at a high altitude. You know, where oxygen is very scarce and they have that's why they have their little oxygen mask and stuff when you go to different altitudes. And if they get a hole in the airplane, they can get like... Uh, you know, and they lose pressure and then it gains suction and then it, it causes everything and everyone to be suck right, sucked right out of it. Right out of it into thin air. Right outside into the air. And if there's no air up there, then where's your oxygen? Because the higher you go in altitude, the less oxygen you get. Because our trees, I believe, if I'm correct and remember right, is where a lot of our oxygen, if not our source of oxygen, comes from. So if we continue to cut down our trees all the time and build all these bougie hotels and subdivisions and whatever we're, we're building, high-rise buildings and businesses and whatnot, and taking down our, our, our forest and our purification of our country... You're taking away our oxygen. But in the meantime, you're eating up our ozone because you're putting all that pollution and all the unnecessary stuff into the air that is taking away from the air and then it's depleting the oxygen that is coming lower and lower and lower down to the ground, which some people already have a hard time catching their own breath as it is. <laughs> so the Heart Project acknowledged that their experiences that were conducted used electromagnetic frequencies to fire a pulse if you will, a direct beam of energy to give the ionosphere a limited area of temporary excitement. Now, electromagnetic, electromagnetic frequency can be very dangerous to some people. Actually, it can be dangerous to everybody. Because, I mean, it's just like getting a, an MRI or um, uh, when you go down for a CAT scan or when they want to come in and do an x-ray. They make you leave the room, you know, because it can mess up with your motherhood. It can mess up with your, it can mess with your organs. But also, too, people like my mom. She has an electronic, uh, electromagnetic stimulant implant in her spine that was injected, or I'm sorry, not injected, implanted and fused to her spinal cord. She cannot be around such objects because it, it, it is a magnet. And when you get magnets that are not compatible with each other, they compel. But if they bring it too much, it can also bring things to her and thus bring on excruciating and deadly pain. Purposely disturbing the already man-made sensitive layer, though, and it can cause dis disaster disastrous excuse me, and deadly consequences. Now, this project also has the ability to take out all of mankind's technology. 
and communication functions. Like a jammer, it jams the systems. So all your phones, your electronic, your your technology vehicles, even your defense mechanisms, your security cameras, everything that protects you and gets you where you need to go in the world can all be jammed at one time. I don't know if anybody ever saw War of the, War of the Worlds, I believe it was, with Tom Cruise. <clears throat> Yet knowing them, knowingly allowing them, it allows them though, the government, to remain fully intact and up and running. So forcing mankind to be powerless, defenseless, and able to bear arms. So your guns and stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, unless they're the older kind, I don't know how all that works. Um, if they're metal, they're not, they're going to have an electronic magnetic force on them. Because, you know, it's kind of like the cartoon show Home. I don't know if anybody saw, I think it's called Home. Um, it's about this, this girl. <clears throat> I used to watch this with my grandson all the time. And it's about this girl um, who lived on planet Earth. And this um, Boove, I believe is what he was called. He was a purple alien looking character. And anyway, um, the Boove, they were a, a group, um, a, a, um, a human, well, a human race formed an alien form, I guess. They, anyway, they were their own, kind of like an Earth, but in outer space. <clears throat> so anyway, um, they took something that didn't belong to them from another set of outer space uh, race. And in the end, you find out what it is. It was actually, I'm going to do a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Um, because it actually is a really uh, cute cartoon and very nice. And uh, Jennifer Lopez actually plays uh, the voice of the mother uh, in this show. But um, it was the embryos of the, um, the, the complete and last part of the human race of the other part of, the, of mankind of that other space family. It was all their whole complete family. And the Boove, not that generation of the Boove, a different generation of that Boove, um, stole that because um, their thing was running from danger. They were always ran away from it. They didn't uh, conquer it. They didn't try to own anything or admit they did anything wrong. They just ran. And they took things along the way that didn't belong to them in order to justify their means and not caring who they hurt along the way because that's not who they were. Well, this particular boob was a total opposite. He was a misfit, if you will. Totally different than the rest of them. He ran towards danger. He actually wanted to have fun and have parties and make friends and stuff, and the boob didn't do that, but he did. And he actually got in trouble and was uh, wanted... <laughs> to be arrested and their arrested was basically uh, elimination that's how you were arrested you were eliminated um, but anyway they were looking for him to arrest him because he was sitting, sending an invite to his friend who he said was his friend but the guy said he wasn't his friend because the boob didn't have friends but anyway this friend called Kevin and um, so he was sending him an invite to a party that he wanted to have and he accidentally sent it to everybody in the universe. Which then notified this other family that they were trying to run from um, that they were invited to a party. And so because he did this, he was going to be arrested and be eliminated. So anyway, he was on the run. And the girl, she was with her mom, which played by Jennifer Lopez. 
um, were at Christmas time and they were unwrapping gifts. And all of a sudden, these big sweepers came down and just uh, started sucking everything up <clears throat> on earth. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, the little girl had a cat and she named her cat Pig. And Pig was sitting on top of her head. And when they came in, they did a scan looking for human form. Well, Pig was sitting on top of her head, so it wasn't a human form. So it didn't recognize the cat, which was on top of the little girl's head. So it didn't recognize the little girl. But it did recognize the mom. And so it sucked the mom away and separated them and took the mom. <clears throat> so the little girl, <clears throat> excuse me, was then there alone on a search and scavenger hunt to try to find her mom. And the boove, um, he was looking uh, for safety because he was trying to undo what he did to save the planet and to fix his mistake of trying to invite people to his party. So they ended up running into each other at a gas station. She was drinking a soda and he was drinking motor oil. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they ran into something. They actually be became best friends. <clears throat> and um, they ended up going on <clears throat> to not only saving planet Earth, but also uniting each other. Um, they're they're both, both of their worlds together. And they ended up becoming something they never were again or never were before and they intertwined and intermingled different cultures different races different planets different people and ended up actually finding her mother and he actually then for the first time had a family and he ran towards the danger was the one responsible for giving back this other outer space family their embryos back making peace with them and then all of a sudden he was a hero and everybody wanted to be with him. So it was a total about face. But anyway, that was them, you know, just, they were just, Earth was just minding their own business, having Christmas. And all of a sudden, everything was just sucked away. And then poof, they were all gone to whatever land. And if it wasn't for this little girl, her cat, and this illegal alien if you will they wouldn't have been able to save the world and give mankind and everybody else their families back now I'm not saying that that is what's happening here because in reality what has outer space really done to us show us a beautiful sunset a glowing and magical moon stars and planets from their family galaxy and maybe even the beautiful northern lights that glow and glisten in the far but near distance. Sure, they might drop a star here or there. Maybe even have a ball of fire coming and landing in a field in God's country. But did outer space do all that to us as a result of being mean? Or is it a result of an open door invitation that we ourselves continue to take and give to them? The atmosphere atmosphere is there for a reason <clears throat> and it and if not protected the right way a person is literally disintegrated instantly like the spaceship did when i was in home ec class in elementary school the challenger it exploded on january 28 1986 just 73 seconds after liftoff 73 seconds that cost families a lifetime gone 
Now, I'm not going to try to retype or reread all this information that uh, was on this informative website. As a matter of fact, I do invite everybody to look at them and check them out because they have a lot of things that I haven't had a chance to even read yet, but I'm very much inter I've done bookmarked it to go back to. Um, you might find some much needed questions, though, on there. Questions that sadly will never probably be given a realistic and honest answer by the very same people and organizations that continue to play and claim that they are here to protect us, serve us, but yet charge us and take from us. How much of a tax refund do they think we really deserve or have earned by being under them? How much of a law can they change and manipulate to suit their lives, their opinions, and their own contradictions? Do Why do they have to play law like changing dirty underwear? Because someone in there doesn't like or have any morals or because they had to follow behind someone that did? And it's much easier to blame another person than to take ownership of maybe claiming you don't even know what you're doing. You just like the title. Now, I'm, I am not one to, you know, follow, um, you know, I don't follow TV and politics, um, believe it or not. I really don't. I haven't watched TV outside of tool time <laughs> since the 90s, maybe. Um, I had a friend one time we went to a Pacer game and she had to explain to me who the guy was that popped up on the, the screen in the middle um, and everybody was laughing and I didn't get it. I didn't understand what was going on, why everybody was laughing. But anyway, she told me, she goes, oh, I forgot. Let me explain it to you. It's a guy um, named Rupert. He was from a, a show called Survivor and then she had explained to me what Survivor was. <laughs> this is a true story. Um, but I can tell you who Wolfman Jack is and who Kojak, my, who Kojak is. Um, yeah, I'm that kind of girl. <clears throat> anyway, all of all this information is from my own experiences, thoughts, research, questions. I have so many questions and more questions than I ever did before I even started thinking about questions. Um, in order to make sure that my facts and my memory were correct, though, I do try to research. Um... My, but then again, I don't trust everything on that internet. I really don't. It's really hard to find a good resource unless you really try to find a solid actual book. Um, my knowledge, though, might be limited on what I remember. Um, I might not remember what I walked to in the other room for, but I can tell you a story and envision it like it was yesterday in most case, cases. I'm not for sure if this is muscle memory, photographic memory, or just because I live in a time warp um, that doesn't uh, replicate the movie Quantum Leap or Back to the Future or Total Recall or hell, maybe even The Matrix. Um, I did a research paper in college, one of many, <laughs> um, but I did it on memory. Now, I, <laughs> I forget what I wrote about, honestly. Um, I forget exactly what I wrote about, but I do remember the, the, um, the, the gist of it. The, I remember the topic. It was on the memory. But I do remember that uh, in order to retain something, it is best to study it and read it and then sleep on it. Now, while I will say that I learned that it does not mean to sleep, at, you know, on your book. Because that doesn't work. 
I did that, not intentionally, because I fell asleep reading my microbiology, microbiology book or something. Uh, I didn't do it on purpose, <clears throat> but it doesn't work. Because I had to go back and reread what I fell asleep on. Anyway, um, actually, my daughter and I, we have totally the same uh, study habits. I, Because I know sometimes like people people have different study habits and learn differently. I have an older daughter. She has a learning disability. And so... Um, I s explain things to her. She says, Mom, explain it to me in, in my terms. And my youngest daughter, she's a lot like me. Um, so I couldn't get mad at her or correct her when I walked in one day and saw her studying with her headphones in with music blaring. Because I am the exact same way. Um, that was the only way I could ever concentrate when I studied. Sounds very silly, I think, to some. But that is literally how I was. So when I would walk in and see her blaring her music in her ears and studying... I understood. And I didn't say, hey, concentrate on your work. No, that is the way she learned. And she's a very smart young woman today. Um, but it took me most of my life to learn my study habits and how my learning habits served to have the best results. And they continue to tell us that we need to recycle and maybe we need to condense and some things are getting smaller in the world. Um, but yet, um, not everything. Some things seem to have not changed that need to more so. They tell us to recycle, but yet the government allows and continues to allow companies to send us the biggest freaking containers <clears throat> with the smallest amount of things in it. I mean, you could get something like a gallon-sized medicine bottle, and you might have like 10 pills in it. And then you'll have a month's supply of cotton. <laughs> um, and let's not forget the little thingy in there that keeps it fresh in inside. Is that thing even safe for my medicine and the environment? What if it tears or breaks open? Because sometimes it looks like a little uh, little barrel, and sometimes it looks like a little baggie of salt or whatever. Um, and d does the smell seep out? What what's in that stuff? And should I be concerned about my what's being recycled? Is my recycling being recycled and then being brought back to me in a different form? I don't know. I have so many questions. I have concerns. I have a lot, a lot, a lot of empty medicine bottles collecting around my house that I am trying to repurpose and refurbish, if you will, um, in a manner that actually fills them up. <clears throat> it's like a bag of potato chips. You get a big bag of potato chips. The price went up, but you might have like three potato chips in there. It feels like anyway. And it's like, what is this? You know, and people will take a big fat cup and think, "Ooh, I'm 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 getting something out of this because it's big and fat." And then you get a short fat, a short fat one. You get a tall, slender one, and a short fat one. They're gonna pick the tall, the tall one because it looks bigger. But honestly, if you take that and dump it into the smaller cup, they're the same freaking size most of the time, if not the smaller one's bigger. And an average size serving is not 12, 16 ounces; it's eight. So actually, when you're getting something, you're getting a double serving, not a single. So when you're counting your calories or whatever that you do, I hope you keep that in mind. The cotton and the fresh preserving thingy, though, um, yeah, not so much. I don't, I don't keep that if I don't have to. <clears throat> but I do a lot of crafting and design work, so I'm actually making a lot of things out of a lot of things that might not seem normal to some. I just did a um, 
kind of like a, a replica display, if you will, of a drive-in theater and um, a karaoke bar that I used to attend with a pool table and dartboards and stuff like that. So I make a lot of things out of some different things. So I don't know. I might end up taking the cotton, making some clouds in the sky, um, and I might actually make that preserve thing a wheelbarrow or a barrel or whatever. But anyway, while the cartoon The Jetsons seemed really cool to watch as a kid, my reality is leaning more and more towards the movie Home. And sadly, though, we are so spaced out on what we believe that our own mankind, and I mean planet Earth as our mankind, is the outer space thief. We are the victim, the thief, and mankind trying to save our families all in one. And living sometimes is literally sucking the life right out of us and into a world that Superman has nothing on us on. We are our own kryptonite, thinking that we are invincible to things that we can't even see but feel. The heat, the lack of breathable oxygen, and a tan that causes more sun poisoning and blisters and toxic. We are destroying what we are, but regardless of what we are doing, it is nothing compared to what the government is continuously getting away with. Murder. They are killing our planet, our livelihoods, our future, our families, our well-being, our dignity, and our trust in them as well as each other and as well as ourselves. I used to say, I got me, I, I trust me, I got my back, but you know what, sometimes that de that's debatable. How many times do you question your own self? Why do we need to do that? Now, I'm a very proud, and if, and if you listen to my podcast and I talk about this, and I try not to get sidetracked on this, and even talking to somebody in person, I'm probably going to get sidetracked telling you this. Uh, even when I talk to somebody in person, I get on a subject of something that is very, very huge to me. I get very stern in my voice, and I apologize if I ever get too loud or something, because the more loud the more stern I feel, is the more passionate I am. So, I'm sorry if it comes across in any way but soft. Um, but I am a very proud, proud and loyal American citizen. And I say that with pride. And you might be thinking, well, D, you're, you're damning the government right now. No. It's not about the government. And it's not because of the government that I am a proud American citizen. I am very firm on my American term because of the many, many breaths and lives that have been lost and continue to fight to keep that American flag blowing. I can give a fooey list, less about everything else, honestly. <clears throat> Our flag was made with blood, sweat, tears, death, heartache, continued PTSD, extremities, minds, hearing, vision, touch. The list goes on and on and on that has been sacrificed to let that flag wave and rip and tear and tarnish and fade and be dis disrespected. However, it all stops at one place. <clears throat> one. The men and women who proudly and some even forcefully served a country that they now have more knowledge about now about how our country is now that the war ended that they had to fight but yet their battle will continue continue and will forever blow in that wind to serve that exact flag that you argue about on whether you need to stand or kneel for it. 
I stand for my military mankind, and I kneel for my God. I taught my children to remove their hats at the table and remove it during the anthem. You show your respect at that table and those that serve you, but not to forget that you need to give thanks for that reason of why you have a place at that table, food in your belly, and a roof over your country. And the government is the reason that they are homeless, they are hungry, they are without shelter, they are without the human necessities and the well-deserved honor at any table, any table, regardless of what branch they served in. They didn't serve just a branch. They served a country. They served each other. They served you. They served their God. They found God. They were given to God. They pray to God by a country that continues to forget about them. How do they, how dare they need to depend on their survival skills to learn how to survive in a world that doesn't even know who they are anyway? Or even wants to have a controversy on whether or not to salute them, give thanks to them, appreciate them, or respect them. They are somebody something, and they are something to you. Because they are the reason why you have the honor and freedom in the world that you do. Now I am huge on my thoughts with this military, and I apologize, like I said, if I come across very strongly on it. But that's just who I am. I come from a military family. I am a very proud granddaughter of two men that served. My grandfather was drafted in the army. And my other uh, grandfather was in the navy. I have several family that are in the marines. And I have several navy and army families still to this day serving. And have retired and have lost their lives. <laughs> However, I will not understand how a country, our government sends our families, our friends to a line that they themselves dictated and caused then made everyone else clean up their mess. All to leave them feeling sucked into an atmosphere farther out than any Milky Way could ever touch. The dark black abyss in the minds of no return. Because the government doesn't mind that they lost their mind. And they don't feel like they exist in a world that they gave them and everybody else and sacrificed their own. There is no reason that any, anyone at all, any human being at all, at all, let alone a person in the military, regardless of their sex, their color, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. And it should not ever need to matter because they are a person, a human being, and should never, ever, ever need or want for one single thing in their life. Ever. If it wasn't for the exact same military protecting their behinds, they probably would even be alive today, hiding in a protective bunker while leaving mankind and the human race to fend for themselves while they claim they need to go there so they can continue to run the control, control the country. Um, who's going to be left? What country are they going to protect? What one are they going to run? Who's going to be left? Them? You know, when a captain has a ship and the ship is in trouble and it's going down or it's having problems or it's, it's torpedoed or it's struck or whatever it may be, he doesn't jump into a protective bubble 
and say, oh, I'm going to go over here, y'all take care of this and protect me while I go protect myself and be selfish. Uh, no. He doesn't leave his men and women behind. No man behind, right? But our government shows they're behind. No. The captain stays. He protects them. He give, gives them hope, encouragement. He fights beside them. He puts his life in front of theirs. And even goes down with that ship before he lets them, if at all possible. That's a real, that's a real person. That's how it should be done. That's how it should be. It's not a power of control. It's controlling that you don't need to have power. You just need to be a human being, mankind, realistic, not selfish, not condescending, not manipulating, respectful person. Plain and simple. Doesn't matter. You think a, a military a captain cares about what color you are or, or whether or not you want to have sex with the same sex or, or whatever. No. He's going to protect you because you're a human being. You're there beside him and that is what he's going to do or she. They don't take time to stop and see what your ancestry looks like. It don't matter. It's what your ancestry is going to be that matters. And if you're not there, you ain't going to have a family tree. So guess what? Your family's not going to have oxygen then. And it's going to die. Now I apologize. If you think that I was going to keep reminiscing about the good old days. Sadly those, those seem to be very far and far and farther away. Than any 10 foot of snow going uphill on the way to school of hard knocks could ever be. That now unfortunately isn't really even snow. I guess you really should need it. And not because it's yellow. But because it literally, literally, pardon my language, is full of shit. I will say that there are resources out there. There are resources out there. However, I guarantee that the resources you need are not always the ones on the internet. They're exactly where you are. Right under your nose. The only person you can trust honestly and sometimes it's the very same people that you may snub your nose at that is standing on the side of the road panhandling with dog tags on. A military vet that is far from a dog. Even though they get dogged. They are the past. They are the present. And they are the future of mankind, of you, of this world. And everything in between. So remember the next time you have to decide on whether or not you want to kneel or stand or ignore your very heritage that had your back in a land you will never probably even hear of. Doing a mission that you will never know about. Also, you can sleep and have the freedom to sleep and have the choice on what to decide on how you want to show your respect. Now, aren't you glad we didn't talk about COVID? <laughs> Don't worry, though. I will probably end up doing a podcast for that, too, someday. Not just yet, though. It's not time. Um, I appreciate all, all of you. I really do. And I'm, I'm so sorry if 
what I'm saying um, does anything less than make you think. I'm not going to apologize for my words or the way I come across because this is who I am. And I'm not going to apologize for what I'm saying because this is a reality. This is a reality check. If the government, and if the site is authentic, the site and this information I say is authentic. And you know what? The way the world is going, I'm going to lead more towards the yes. Um, wake up, America. Wake up, world. Wake up, earth. Wake up, people. Take your breath. A new day doesn't start a new opportunity. A half a breath starts a blessing of a chance to have that opportunity. We don't have bad days. We have bad moments. We turn those bad moments away around to hope to have a better day so we can have a better life. Before living sucks the life completely out of us and we forget to even learn what living and life are really even all about. Now I appreciate all of you. I do. I appreciate every single one of you. And I applaud you. I applaud you. For being able to even take that half a breath. As polluted as it will be in the earth's surface, atmosphere, but also in your own mind. And I appreciate all that continue to listen to me. And to continue to hang on to my words and my thoughts. And hoping that somewhere my scattered voice of reasoning will somehow make sense. Even though it does, but then it confuses you even more. And if you are familiar now with my podcast and me, then you do know by now, I hope, that in the end of it all, I always have a point, even if it doesn't really make sense. Because sometimes that is the point. Thank you for joining me. And thank you for being who you are. And to all of the vets and military personnel of this world, far beyond the galaxy. I thank you with words that are not even big enough. And I pray to God so hardly for you guys as well as mankind that he can be the light for you when all of the other lights are hard to even look at. And you can't even see. And I thank you. I salute you. I will stand for you. I will remove my hat. I will sing for you. Even though I might not have the greatest voice. And I kneel for my God. But don't think one second. If I see a man down. I won't kneel down to help him. Because God is my witness, I will. Because I have. And I hope that in spite of all uncertainty of our future, please remember that we can't be a U.S. Or if you want to spell it without the dots in between for separation, us. We can't be us without you. We can't be us without you. And that might be a metaphor, but it's true. So thank you. With every breath, as polluted as it may be, thank you.
This is Dee, and you have been listening to my podcast, Let Me Clear My Throat. Let's not talk about COVID, shall we? May there be a continued light shining for you when you feel all of your other lights have gone out. Remember that even though we have darkness, there always has to be a light above us in order for that to even exist. So take the time to turn around, look up, put it in God's hands. Because sometimes he puts it in our hands. That's why he gave you hands to begin with. He gives all of us gifts. Even if we don't understand what they are, we all cross each other's paths for a reason. Because in the end, it does matter. And you matter. Thank you all again for joining me. Bless your hearts and your lives. And I hope you all have a safe and blessed evening.